Uh, welcome to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm Dan Pearson and I'm here at GDC with Jason Delarocca. Jason, how are you doing? Hello, surviving. Good, it's nice to hear. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to this week? You're saying you've not had a chance to even be on the show floor yet. Yeah, I mean, mo- mostly uh, meetings. Uh, I did a few of the eSport uh, Summit sessions earlier in the week. Uh, and then was on the show floor near the IGF Pavilion and GDC Play because I host the annual GDC Pitch uh, sessions that takes place on the on one of the the big expo floors. But other than that, have not really had time to uh, scope out the the show floors. Unfortunately, what was the standard of the pitching this year? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, pitching is an interesting one. Uh, most developers don't get that many opportunities to stand in front of an audience of 200 people and a jury of investors and publishers and, you know, g- give a pitch as a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unless you've really taken the time to craft your pitch and, and practice and, and really think of it as a performance, um you know, it's. Uh, I don't want to say they hacked it, but uh, you can tell the ones that have practiced yeah, yeah. Uh, versus the one that just sort of threw some slides together and and got up on stage. Uh, but um, I noticed this year we, we we tend to split the because we do it twice: once on Wednesday, once on Thursday. On Wednesday, it tends to be more opportunities that lend themselves better for uh, VCs uh, in style investors, whereas the Thursday session tends to be more. Uh, for digital publishers, so so game you know premium games, games that are suitable for Steam or, or digital download, uh, and and the VC panel because it's different jury members uh, on each day, they're killers. I mean the the the, inv- <laughs> the formal investors, I mean they'll rip your heart out. I yeah, mean they're, yeah. they're, it's like it's like you know they're trained at this. They're trained to cut through your pitch and scrutinize your business model and you know question the the origins of the team and. Uh, um, you know, just like 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 laser, right, right in. Whereas the publisher type uh, judges tended to be much uh, softer. You know, they asked about gameplay, they asked about platforms, they asked about inspiration, um, and uh, it's just sort of something I remarked. And it's unclear to me whether that was more just sort of a random. You know, the the three people that I chose to be judges on one day versus another were just inherently more ruthless people versus nicer people, whatever. Or if it, or if it really is the kind of, a, a, you know, real contrast or legitimate contrast between, you know, VC-style investors and sort of game industry publishers. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just an observation. But uh, all of the games presented were, were compelling uh, and interesting in each their own way. There was some toys to life stuff. There was okay. uh, some some VR stuff. There was, uh, you know, uh, puzzle pla- puzzle platformers with some interesting mechanics. Uh, there was, um, you know, a game called Dual Dual Universe, which won today's session, uh, which essentially was like, you know, mi- Minecraft in space mixed with Eve Online. So you know, like really something crazy ambitious. Um, so so all, all all cool stuff. Yeah. Really. I mean, obviously, it's the it's the day job for you as well. It's not just uh, not just the kind of flamboyant judging sessions you do. You <laughs> professionally get pitched out an awful lot. I mean, what's the what's the kind of what's the big mistake? What's the first thing that people screw up when it comes to? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so Execution Labs. I mean, we you know we've been investing in studios for the past uh, four years or so, and we've done uh, about twenty five deals. Uh, and to get those 25 deals, we've probably seen, I, I don't know now, like uh, probably upwards of uh, uh, several hundreds, if not a thousand plus uh, pitches. Um, and, and, and I mean, I've lectured on this uh, before and, and actually on 
Friday I'm doing a, a talk on entrepreneurship, but um, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes that are made and, and it largely comes down to developers being developers, right? They're artists and designers and programmers and, and musicians. You know, they're, they're just, that's just not one of their skills. And it takes time to practice. It takes time to, to, to learn the, the craft of, of pitching. But um, fundamentally, one of the biggest mistakes is not viewing your, like what you're doing as an opportunity. Mm. And, and you're seeing the, the effort to go get funding or, or go get a publisher as a problem you need to fix. Right, and so these craftspeople, you know, artists and designers, heads down, slaving away, you know, putting all their blood, sweat, and tears in making a game. At one point, realize, oh crap, we don't have enough money. Right, we're, we're running out of cash flow. Uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't budget for marketing. We have the audio person we still have to pay on contract. Uh, you know, we need some new computers. We didn't budget to go to PAX, uh, and then they go to you and say, Dan, are you interested? And so. <laughs> Am I interested in your problem of not having enough budget and not, you know, and and so they're just trying to fix their problem of not having the money they need, as opposed to really thinking about what they're doing as as an opportunity that investors or publishers or other partners may actually be interested in because they see you know an opportunity there, uh, and so reframing what it is you're doing as an opportunity. Um, is something that nine out of ten developers ju- just don't do that. And so, you know, when you're building your your pitch deck, when you're preparing to give a pitch, like like the developers did today in Yesage, you see pitch. You can tell the ones that are sort of, you know, presenting as a I've got an opportunity for you. Let me tell you why you need to give me money. Yeah. Um, and, just holding the hand up. Yeah, exactly. Versus, let me tell you point by point this thing I'm doing, and and I need money. Please give me some. Um, and you know that's not well. It's not to say that you would never get yeah. funding if you kind of do that more dry, point by point. Because you know fundamentally, it still requires legitimately uh, awesome games and awesome uh, you know teams. Uh, but that you know that pitch do- does make a difference and can inspire not only the investors or publishers, but inspire the press, inspire your peers, inspire you know people who then will come to you and say, "Dan, that was an amazing presentation. I love what you're doing." Uh, you caught my attention. I, I want to help. You know, can I be an intern? Can I? You know, are you looking for anyone with my skill set? And um, you know, so it's not just about kind of being the car salesman, uh, but really is about sort of articulating why people should care about what you're doing, and then and then garnering that love and support and attention and funding and uh, partnerships and stuff like that. And, and a lot of developers just don't see it that way, right? It's I got this money problem. Let me go see if I can go get some of that money to fix this problem I have. So I, I, I would say that's probably the number one issue uh, with, with pitches. And if you have that mindset shift, uh, then a lot of the other problems go away. But uh, but that would be the, the main one. And you've been doing this quite a long time now, right? You know, you've seen a lot of pitches. You've, you know, you've been on the other side and since, and, you know, helped people with their issues from when you were in the IGA. IGDA. Yeah. Uh, are people getting better at this? You know, it feels like there's a lot more resources out there for now for people to learn. There's a lot more opportunities. There are different ways of going at things. There are better tools. There's better education, mm. you know, but it still seems people keep coming up against exactly the same problem. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, that. There's so many developers, there's so many new studios, there's so many, you know, students that graduate and then become indie, indies or indie hopefuls. Um, you know, there, there's always so much 
new talent that's coming through. Uh, that it's not like uh, it's static. You train them all, and okay, we're good as an industry, right? Yeah. Even if you took every developer today and trained them to be good at pitching and thinking about opportunities and all this kind of stuff, like next week there'd be a thousand more indies to like, oh, a whole new, you know, batch. Um, so, so I, I mean, I think on the whole, uh, we're getting better. Uh, in part because uh, if you don't, you're just not going to survive, mm-hmm. right? There's just so much competition, you know, the issue of discoverability, you know, steam being flooded, you know, like you have to be. Um, so, so, you know, bit by bit, in the aggregate, things are getting better. Uh, but also, I would say stuff like Kickstarter, I mean, not that everyone does Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but the very act of going through and building a Kickstarter campaign, for example... You know, requires you to think about, oh, how do we get people's attention, and how do we talk about the team in a very endearing way, and how do we talk about the journey we've taken as something we want these backers to join our journey, and and you know what you know what makes our game special, and how do we articulate that in a video, and and uh, you know how do we present ourselves on the page, and so so in a weird way, uh, or maybe a counterintuitive way, the very act of thinking about Kickstarter and preparing a Kickstarter video and putting the page together. You know, it's it's another form of a pitch. It's pitch to to gamers. It's a pitch to potential backers. It's not pitch to a VC, but is it, it is in and of itself a type of pitch. And so I think I think the way that Kickstarter uh, or crowdfunding has sort of um, you know sort of swept through the game industry in many ways uh, that has helped uh, people really think much more in that. I have to present an opportunity and structure in a, in a you know, in an insightful, uh, inspiring way. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's helping also. Just again on the aggregate, in, you know, improve the skill set um, uh, of, of developers. But uh, generally speaking, developers are not good at pitching, and and you know they really do need to spend some time practicing, training, thinking about it, yeah. and so on. You think more teams turn up with a kind of, you know, really baked in biz dev, biz dev guys and, you know, people who've got those kind of skills? <sighs> I mean, y- yes and no. Uh, certainly, the younger the team is, uh, the more, you know, out of school or recently out of school, uh, tends th- those teams tend to have no... Uh, sort of business marketing community production like they're missing that whole sort of layer Uh, you know in part because a lot of that stuff is not taught in school so let's say we're in a university we're in some game program you're you're in the technical track and I'm in the art track and then hey we like each other we worked on a cool student project let's go start a business Mm -hmm. or a company to make game like there's no there's no game entrepreneur track to say let's go get someone from that track to yeah. join our team it's you know if you're lucky you have the tech track the art track and maybe the design track and so you you have three complementary production or creative oriented skills but there's no there's no biz track uh, it, I mean there's a few schools that are dabbling in it but but generally speaking there isn't that so so you know new studios or new companies new indies starting off it's mainly art design you know, code, etc. Um, what we are seeing is teams that are starting um, by or started by more veteran developers that, let's say, have worked at big AAA or other studios for ten plus years. Um, those ones tend to have a producery type person on them. 
uh, oftentimes that that person takes on the kind of leader role, which is, I suppose, natural given their project management type background or the sort of CEO mm-hmm. CEO role. And then that person has sort of, uh, you know, gotten their tech person and their art person, their design person, etc. Um, but even in those cases, even with that experienced producer type person, they tend to lack the more specific business skills in terms of fundraising, marketing, uh, you know, um, uh, PR and, and, and uh, you know, business model and pr- all, all that stuff. Um, so then even for those studios that are experienced and have a producer person, that producer person is still playing catch up in terms of, you know, these more core business uh, skills. Uh, but, you know, that's much better than three kids out of school and we tell Dan the engineer you know, go put a suit on because you got to go talk to the bank or something. Like, you know, that that's a real tough, uh, tough situation. Whereas if you've been a project manager at a big studio and you've been responsible for, you know, large budgets and, you know, shipping product and, oh, and now you have to also think about a marketing plan, which you didn't do before, um, that's slightly less of a stretch. But you still need to, you still need to do that. Um, but that's way better than if it's just, you know, a team of coders and artists getting started, like no matter how experienced those coders and artists are, they have zero experience yeah. from a business and, and management point of view. So. Yeah. I think last last time I saw you about a year ago when we were here and you just shifted your business model slightly and kind of changed the way you were doing things at mm. Execution Labs. Um, how's that been working out? Has that kind of has that paid off for you? Are you, you kind of happy with the way things have been going? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, Execution Labs, we've always been evolving the model and tweaking and, and sort of... Um, uh, adjusting based on on what we've been learning on the ground. Uh, when we started Execution Labs in uh, early 2013, I mean, there were very few people investing in game studios, uh, you know, like a VC and and, and backing companies, um, you know, because we are an equity oriented investor. We're not a project financing source, um, and so so very few models to look at. Very very few sort of things to benchmark or benchmark ourselves against. Uh, and so we knew from day one that we would have to, you know, make our best guess at what we thought would work, and then you know try some stuff and adjust, and try some stuff and adjust. So, as context, you know, we've always been tweaking uh, and evolving. Uh, last year, we made some announcements with regards to uh, ending the. Uh, the physical accelerator program, meaning, uh, you know, five teams coming into Montreal on the same day, following a curriculum for three months and ending on the same day, you know, this kind of physical all in the same space curriculum and and program. Uh, Because ultimately, you know, the more we met developers around the globe, the more we were scouting, uh, the more opportunities we missed because you know you just had a kid or someone got married or someone has to stay home because of the sick mother like whatever like life real life was getting in the way uh, of us forcing them to come on this date in this city and the, you know um, and so we sort of we realized that we're not in the business of filling a cohort and program we're in the business of of backing and nurturing amazing studios amazing entrepreneurs and finding those great opportunities. And so we, we kind of just unshackled ourselves from the physical cohort uh, program. So that was uh, sort of the beginning of, of last year. Um, and, then, and then the other thing that sort of coupled with that was also the notion of um, 
backing stuff that had more breakthrough potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I mean, there's just so much noise, so much. Like it's just it's just crazy out there. Uh, that if you're not doing something that has the potential to really get noticed, uh, or or just you know taking a new innovative angle, uh, then you know what? Why bother? And, and it's and it just, you just have no chance. So, um, in some ways, you know this kind of breakthrough um, approach is. I mean, on the one hand, is more risky, but the rewards are potentially greater. And so, um, and it's funny because I was talking to some publishers about this earlier. You know, we're happy with an opportunity that might be zero, right? Like we're going to try something innovative and crazy. It, it might not work, so we're going to get zero return. But if, and that's a big if, if it works, then the rewards can be, you know, yeah. scalable, astronomical, which is a much different mentality than, let's say, some of the digital publishers who are like, well, let's make sure we feel confident that we'll at least not lose money. So we'll break even. As a, as a baseline, do we think we can break even? Uh, and if that's the case, all right, well, then can we double our money? Can we quadruple? Will we have a real hit on our hands where maybe we like 10x our money? And that's a much different conversation than saying, I'm comfortable with losing it all, but, but taking that risk means I have a chance to hit it out of the park. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's fundamentally the, the VC, the venture uh, mindset. And so I think unshackling ourselves from the physical cohort program, you know, then sort of reinforce the notion that, okay, we need to back things that really have this kind of uh, breakthrough. It might be zero, but if it works, you know, it, it'll, be, it'll be huge. Believe me, it'll be huge. <laughs> um, but at least you have that shot. And so uh, last year, for example... A lot of the stuff we were looking at uh, was leaning more towards esports potential, was leaning more towards uh, multiplayer, you know, scalable multiplayer stuff. So we really won't touch single player uh, or local multiplayer. It just doesn't have the chance to catch fire in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also really looking at uh, Twitch and other streaming platforms and the, the migration of eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, towards uh, you know all, all these all these video platforms and what does that mean to to be a gamer to be a spectator to be be a fan uh, and so la- we started last year with the notion of let's look for things that are doing something interesting and unique uh, in in that realm uh, and you know one of our earlier investments was uh, in a studio called Outer Minds mm-hmm. uh, and they're the team that does games with PewDiePie okay um, you know as an actual co-production yeah, you know, yeah. his you know branded with his his name and stuff and so. You know that. I mean, it seems obvious, but at the time, and this is a couple of years ago, you, know, you really were able to see the impact uh, of, of thinking about you know that side of the business, the streamers, the the shift of eyeballs and stuff. So, um, anyway, that's that's a sort of a long-winded answer to, to your question. But uh, um, yeah, it's been, it's been it's been an interesting year looking more so at that side of the business and and largely ignoring the VR side of the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say this. Last year when we were here, there was a, a huge burst of VR, you know, but it, it mm. already feels like that kind of tide has drawn back a little bit. There's a lot of skepticism this year, and a lot of people I've been speaking to have been, uh, you know, been a bit more edgy about things. You know, there's still an excitement, there's still a belief in it, you know, mm. there's still a lot of VR on the show floor, and a lot of my appointments this week have been to do with VR. But there does seem to be more of an air of caution, there's, there's more of a kind of sense of, of slightly standoffishness. But I yeah. wonder whether that might be because people see it 
starting to mature and, and are kind of taking letting it settle a little or do you think that's because people see it kind of just suffering a little bit well I mean it's uh, the reality is you need the install base mm. right um, and that's going slower than uh, some people had hoped for yeah. uh, and Although, you know more quickly than most of the people who are making it seem to think it would yeah well I mean I guess, I guess it's who, who you're talking to yeah. I mean I think I think as a content creator as a game developer uh you know, if you're making a game, you got to release it into a, a user base, and the more users there are, the better uptake. You know, so I'm, so I was amazed with Andrew House's comments the other day when he said, oh, "We didn't really ever expect PSVR to do this well." You know, we're 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 pretty pleased. I was cautioning them not to make as many as they were trying to. It's like, uh, you were asking people to risk their entire businesses by signing up to this program, and you didn't even think it was going to do particularly well. You know, and you've still not sold a million units. That's kind of that's kind of not the well, thing you should admit. Well, well, now mind you, uh, the PlayStation team—they they were they were seeding content. Mm. I mean, they they were backing developers. Yeah. They were providing production funding. So, so in their particular case, I mean, because it's a closed platform, they're in control of it from start to end. Um, you know, if you were a developer that got a deal from Sony, you weren't risking that much. Yeah. Maybe there's an opportunity cost, but uh, you know, if Sony comes in and essentially funds the production. It's like, okay, well, why the hell not? Yeah, you know, get paid well, either way. Yeah. Uh, which is which is different than saying, I'm just going to go make VR stuff and throw it wherever and see you know see what happens, and I'm going to risk our own funds to make that happen, or I'm going to risk you know venture VC dollars or publisher dollars, mm-hmm. um, and so. Um, you know, most of the money flowing into the game industry is kind of, it's sort of two buckets. One bucket are the platforms seeding content, right, to, you know, so that there's sexy stuff when you buy your Oculus or you buy your your Vive, you've got cool stuff to, to play to kind of validate all this money you spent on, on the hardware. Um, and so that's natural. I mean, that's natural that happens with any new hardware, any new technology. Generally, the, the holder of that technology or platform, you know, invests to seed uh, content. So we've seen a lot of money flowing in that direction. Um, the other bucket has been more kind of ecosystem level, right, where, where investors have been investing in, uh, you know, tool chains, uh, 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 you know, I don't know, technologies, uh, uh, storefronts, uh, ancillary services, uh, uh, pipeline, like, like the sort of picks and axes, uh, you know, and this is kind of a common metaphor used in the investment uh, community that, you know, we're not going to invest in the gold mines because it's too random, too risky, but every, you know, prospector needs an axe and needs a pick and needs a backpack, and so we're going to invest in the picks and picks and axes. And so, uh, you know, this sort of formation stage of the, of the VR ecosystem, uh, a lot of the external investment dollars have been more so going into the picks and axes uh, or hardware uh, side of things. But as, but as a game developer, as a content creator, uh, if you're not getting um, a deal with one of the platforms, it's very hard to, to, to find the funding or to justify your own investment, yeah. uh, sim- simply because the units aren't there. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll change over time. I mean, I think uh, from a technological point of view, um, you, you know, there's still a few hiccups here or there, but I think te- technically VR has arrived. Yeah. Uh, and, far away do you think we are from Generation 2? You know, the Oculus <laughs> dropping the price this week. That looks like they might be trying to clear out some stock yeah. before they get something else out there. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Well, maybe they're just trying to sell as many as they can before Zenimax shut them down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe or maybe they realize that they just need more units out there to kind of make their job of getting developers onto the platform easier. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, either either I keep my price high and then I take some of those proceeds to pay people to make content, or I drop my price and quadruple the units out there, yeah. and then it's and then it's self-evident that as a creator I need to be on the list. Uh, but I'm speculating. I, I, I don't I don't really know. Um, but I, I, I think from a developer point of view, the creative side is still something you know we as a creative community need need to explore more broadly and and you know start finding the killer apps of VR that then just drive everyone to the platform. Do you think it's going to be a game? <sighs> I mean, ga- I believe games will be central to that, uh, but it might not be right. It might it might be. Uh, I forget the name of it, but like the thing where it's like the VR room with a tabletop game, and you like all yeah. of you join the sort of more social VR yeah. stuff. Yeah, like a tabletop uh, simulator kind of thing. Or yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real estate, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not, like I, I'm not sure if you know Call of Duty VR is, is the killer app, yeah. uh, or you know I'm not sure that's going to be enough of a shift to say, oh, I need to play Call of Duty in VR. It's a, it's a fundamentally different experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in, until, until there's a game that can only be played and experienced in VR and it's sort of fundamentally compelling and different than anything else, I mean, that, like, that's the definition of a killer app in many ways. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen sort of experiments and stuff, but, but nothing has really emerged uh, at that level yet. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat. We appreciate it. My uh, pleasure. Hope you enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll speak again soon. Likewise. Thank you, Dan.